Welcome to Motor Cult episode 56. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Who? What? Why? That's you. That's me. Yep. <laughs> Welcome back for a uh, gloomy, almost wintry Saturday. Yes. Hey, you know what we have? What? I have a good beer. Surly Pentagram? Yeah, this is a problem. Yeah, I've, I've had this in the fridge for quite a while, so I figured it was time to I've, I've got my pentagrams in the refrigerator as well. Here? No, 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 my house. Oh, I see. I've got pentagrams on darknesses. I was going to say, I don't think I've seen those. Yeah, I Very this good. One. I, think I, I think Alex Bellis brought this when he was on as a guest. I think, you, I think, I think I recall him doing that, yeah. It's been a long time, but either but way, pretty good. It's, oh, the pentagram is one of my favorite beers ever. I, I usually don't like Surly, but like when they do it right, they do it really right. And this, yeah, this is a really old bottle, too. So, I mean, this is before they lost their head brewer, I think. Yeah, they're kind of like uh, the BMW of... Uh, of breweries, where if they do it right, they do it really right. But if they do it wrong, then it's just not very good at all. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly is one of those places where I feel like they are... I mean, they're a very good brewery, for sure. But I feel like they focus, like Summit, on things with hops. Yeah. No, they're super hop-focused. So. I would still say they're better than Summit, because Summit so. also tastes like dumpster water. So I recently went to Summit's tap room, and I actually really liked it. I just, none of their beers really do it for me. Like, well, it's probably because you've had, like, EPA and... No, 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 I mean, like, at their tap room. Like, Oh, they have a bunch of good ones at the tap room. I mean, I, I guess I've tried, like, their dark lagers and stuff, and it wasn't, nah. Their Pilsner, their Hefeweizen, their Oktoberfest. I've not tried their Hefeweizen, so maybe I should. I don't know. I mean, their tap room's a little, I guess, outdated, but, like, they've been around since 1986. I mean, they were yeah. a microbrewer before a microbrewer. That's true. That is true. They're kind of that quasi... Nearly a macro, like, yeah, yeah. Um, Hipster brewery, no, but uh, no, certainly their brewery, uh, and their head chef that they have there, chef. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The food is actually surprisingly good. The food I like more than the beer, but um, that being said, their uh, smoked um, porter that they have, I think it's I think it's a smoked porter. That's really good. Uh, is that that's not malt smoke, is it or whatever? No, this one's just called smoke. Hmm. Okay. It's really smoke, but it's uh, it's really good, and it goes super well with beef with uh, beef brisket. Yeah, I know the beer you're talking about, and I'm really not a fan. It, it's it's one of those things I would not ever drink that outside of in that brewery. Mm-hmm. I would never like I just search it out. But just it, my palate and that thing are not compatible for whatever fair. reason. <laughs> it's yeah, just it's totally it grabs fair. me a little bit differently. So, but yeah, no pentagram pentagram I like quite a bit. So good, good. Anyway. What's, um, you know, speaking of millennials and uh, beers and shit like that. Where do millennials come from? Well, we were talking about craft beer and we oh, were right, right, accused right. of like killing the beer industry or killing the napkin industry or the moist toilet industry or something. Where did I put my coaster? Damn it. I don't know. Oh, that's a bummer. I guess I'll use the backside of a motor cult sticker. Anyway, sorry. Please continue with your topic. Anyway. <laughs> you know how we get accused of like killing everything, right? Uh, What? Millennials. I'm not a millennial. Yeah, we, we, we literally, by definition of age... No, see, a generation is not something you can skip, so my parents are boomers, so I'm Gen X. Yeah, but... So it, are you. I mean, yeah, technically, but... I don't go by age range of birth. It, it's more of a cultural thing. Depends on how it, you want to identify. Okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> millennials are, are accused of ruining any, everything? Yes, I know. Yes, and this. we get accused of being millennials <clears throat> regardless of how old our parents are. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> I mean, I can just not tell the story. No, you can go for it. I'm just telling you, I do not identify as a millennial. All right, fine. Next one. <laughs> I just won't talk about it. <laughs> just don't try to relate it to me, that's all. Well, that, that's how you... Whatever. Anyway. I'm still happy to talk about it. Well, no. So, it, it, okay. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Oh, uh, come on. No, well, no, it's fine. It's, it's, it's whatever. I mean, it's fine. It, the, the, we're just going to roll on to the next. <laughs> no, no, no. No, let's okay. talk about... <laughs> All right. So anyway, you know you are aware that there are millennials. I am aware, of, yes, of this generation. You are aware that millennials are accused of killing Absolutely. anything and everything. Yeah, millennial bashing. Yes, millennial yes. bashing. Exactly. <laughs> One of the things they get accused of is mm-hmm. killing the car industry. Yeah, for sure. And because <clears throat> they don't, they don't look upon cars as like a lustworthy or like 
something that's, I've worked towards. That, that's the thing, though. I, I don't see that, though. I see a lot of millennials that, are, that do. Well, right, but you and I are in the car scene. Yes. I mean, we are around a lot of younger people that are into it. I don't that think necessarily yeah. everyone is like that, but I mean, yeah, I know a lot you, of people are age. But if you, if, you, like, if you look at Gen Xers and the relative amount of Gen Xers who are like into cars, like it's not too far off. Right. Like, for like, per, right. like demographics, for sure. like for, sure. for the percentage, like it's about the same amount. Mm-hmm. It's just there are less millennials than there were Gen Xers and there's less Gen Xers than there were, you know, baby boomers. So right. just statistically, there's a smaller number of people right. because of that. Right. Um, however, I really want to talk about like why everybody assumes that millennials aren't really into cars. Right. Because cars are, it's one of those things where they're, they're expensive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially like a new one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which are, you know, a lot of millennials want, I mean, they want an electric car. They want something with uh, crash safety stuff, blind spot monitoring. Yeah, exactly. It, like it, they want, they want everything, anything and everything. Well, that's what we're told that we want. Right. I, I really don't run into that many. They're feature buyers. I well, no. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know that many millennials that go like, yes, I need this thing. Like most millennials are like, I just want a cheap car. Right. Like I'd, I'd like that. Like but that'd be cool. I, I think. Well, the thing is, is like you know, we also so we low gra- key. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when we uh, graduated into or into the real world from yeah. high school in mm-hmm. two thousand eight or so. We, something like that. Or, like, some some older millennials that are, like, graduated from college around then. Sure. There was kind of, like, a massive recession happening that was, like, the worst recession ever. It was, well, yeah, okay, fine. No, it actually, it, like... It was the worst recession. It wasn't quite a depression. No, that's what I was saying. Yes, like, yeah. it is the worst, of, like, yeah. recession. It was yeah, nearly a of, depression. Was it April 2008? I think that's when that was. Yeah, it was, like, a- April to... Oh, um, like, a year and a half. It was, it was yeah, a long yeah, time. It was, it was, like, April to, like... 2008 to like sometime in 2009 it was awful yeah but, i definitely remember that yeah me too um <laughs> anyway so we we graduated high school right into that um yeah the tail end of it but still yes but i mean well that's the thing is you're you're coming out of high school and now okay well now you're or you're coming out of college more importantly well nobody's hiring you know nobody's be hiring a bunch of new people in the middle of a, of a recession and then you're just to sit there and you know, try to hope for the best. Then you got right. other bills that build and up. And that's the thing. I mean, the job market was an absolute pilot. Of crap, yeah. When and we it, got out. By the time we finally got everything, you know, ready, like mm-hmm. a lot of millennial, or got everything sorted out, a lot of millennials had just moved on with their life. Right. And their parents, whether they were X or um, Boomer, or, they're like, why don't you just go get a job with no experience right out of college with a full pension and nice salary? Because that doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. Like, Nobody's dis- willing to train you. That disappeared five years ago when I graduated from college. It probably like, disappeared a lot longer ago than but that. But I mean, like, completely. Right, right yeah. So, yeah. Th- it's, that's it's gone, gone. Yeah, it was gone, gone <laughs> by that point. And, well, that's the thing is a lot of people like, don't look at that. Um, right. And then also, once the economy dig it back on <laughs> its like, feet, it was not good to anybody that didn't have a silver spoon in their mouth. Correct. Like, if you... If you were doing any less than really, you know, one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year, you're getting you're getting screwed from the economy right now. Yep. Like regardless of how you personally feel, like just mm-hmm. compared to where you would have been in like nineteen ninety-five versus now. Oh like, goodness, yeah. Yeah, you're getting screwed. Um, just go dish up gold cougarans from a cup <laughs> and just put them into your <laughs> baggie. But um, <laughs> on every public street corner. Yeah. So like, things like that, like. A lot of millennials, it's very hard for them to get into a hobby that's as expensive as cars. And uh, the thing is, is you know, back in the in in the eighties and the nineties, like where again, it was kind of hard being middle class. The eighties, more Mm -hmm. importantly, you still had a a bunch of really really cheap cars that were around. So like, you could get you know kids that instead of buying, you know, the new hot like muscle car or whatever, Mm -hmm. there were you could get a four forty you know Challenger. You know, a 440 Magnum Challenger, or just right. like for 200 bucks. <laughs> or I like, love looking back on old like uh, advertisements yeah, stuff for exactly. like cars. Like, oh, this BMW M1 was like fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, like, right. you, have, you have stuff like that. Well, even that it's like, I mean, if you adjust for inflation, like right. that two hundred dollar, you know, 440 Magnum Challenger would still right. be like a two thousand, three thousand dollar car. Like that. That's... Right, but I mean, like, it's. You know, inflation, like the just like the the quality and the amount of hardware that goes into a new car versus yeah. what went into a car back then. It's exactly. Not even close. So I yeah. kind of get it. But you also had stuff that this is a thing. You also had a subcompact market that was really on fire. 
Mm-hmm. You know, in the oh 80s, yeah, in the in the in the in well, then yeah, because they, they were they were coming off of that. They were coming off of that, so. You know, you had in by the late eighties and early nineties, you every manufacturer had a cool subcompact. I mean, you could run down just about everybody. You know, Volkswagen the GTI, then Honda had the Civic Si, Toyota had the Corolla FX sixteen. There was the Pulsar NX. Like everybody had a cheap small car that was still fun. Right. Even Yugo had the GVX. Like every single manufacturer had a cool small car. Well, almost everyone. Not, everyone not that everyone Renault. everyone that was in that good point. Everybody Actually, they that did. Was, yeah, they did. But <laughs> the Alliance GTIR or whatever. Yeah, it was, exactly. Or... Like even the Renault Alliance. Yeah. yeah. But like everybody mm-hmm. that was in the the Dodge Omni GLHS. Uh, every single person that had a or every single company that had a car in that market wanted to make a, a hot one because they understood mm-hmm. that oh people find these cars cool if they see a cool version and then they're more likely to go out and buy the other one. Right. Yeah. They. Uh... They want something fuel efficient, but still fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at that point, they, what they considered fun, they still called you know fun to drive. Right. Um, now mean, that that entire era kind of gave birth to the the fun. I mean, it's not necessarily a hot hatch because they were still slow as crap back then. But well, and so this is a thing. All right, so now they don't do that, and they're saying, well, nobody buys these cheap cars, and then really nobody ever buys the fun version of it. And the thing is, is yeah, no, millennials don't buy the new cheap hot hatch because they can't afford it. Right. However, if you look at the used car sale, and this, this isn't going to help auto manufacturers anyway, unless they find a way to make a $10,000 car that doesn't suck, like the used car sales, through the roof really? right now. Yeah, actually. I that, associate millennial car buying with somebody that's buying something brand new. No, like absolutely not. Really. No, it's like <laughs> through the, like, you know, the used car market is the hottest now that it's ever been. And the thing, the other thing and that's is, saying something because around like the cash, like a couple of years after the cash for clunkers thing, yeah. like used cars were like Garbage. new car pricing. Yeah, because like there were no good used cars yeah. anymore. They were all clunkered they were out. all clunkered yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, so this is the thing. What we have is a bunch of really nice um, CPO cars. that are lease returns. Okay. So people get like a Fiat five hundred Barth, and or, they'll or lease five hundred E. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But they'll get cars like that and they'll lease them, just like you. Yeah, yeah, you bought it. That's exactly I what you did. Bought an off lease yeah. car. Yeah. yeah, it's these lease returns are yeah. what. That's where every millennial is going, and because it's, it's a cost conscious decision to get a newish yeah. car. And the thing is, the ones that are selling really, really good in the used car market are mm-hmm. the hot versions of it. You know, the the Fiat Five Hundred Barths and yep. E's sell faster than a Fiat Five Hundred Pop. Oh yeah, for sure. Of, makes sense. Well, even though they're all turbo now. Yeah, but I mean, like, still, like, yeah. The three-year-old ones aren't. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Like the <laughs> yeah. least return ones that are coming in mm-hmm. still are, are in a. Um, another thing that we also have that makes um, car buying really hard for, for millennials mm-hmm. is a lot of us live in cities. Yep. Where this is kind of ridiculous. Well, where parking it's like, is just a fortune. Yeah, parking's a fortune. It's, you know, if you do park, you're going to be on the street and having your car just like having the living shit beaten out of it. Mm-hmm. Um this is PG thirteen. We 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 are allowed one F bomb, right? <laughs> I don't I don't know the rating differences, did, but did they get rid of that? Or <laughs> I don't know. I never like looked into how many like of certain. I don't want to say one right now because then we'll, we may like go over the amount. The, or is it like per episode or is it per season? Uh, <laughs> we don't know this. We need that. We need we need a lawyer. Call your lawyer up. But anyway, I'll get I'll get Repka on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> But yeah, no, like a lot of these, uh, that again leads to buying a used car versus a new one. Nobody's right. going to want to, no, there aren't, aren't going to be millennials well, that live in. Millennials are very cognizant of where they spend their limited money. Exactly. It's so like if I can buy a car that is almost identical and has 30,000 miles for less than half the price, they're going to do that because it's a much more cost conscious decision. Am I going to eat this depreciation, or am I going to buy the car from the asshole that ate it? Right. You know? Or if I buy one off lease, I could buy the 340i instead of the 320i, exactly. and it's going to have all the options instead of none of the options. So, and that's the thing. That's where millennials are kind of having their... That, that's why when people say, oh, millennials are killing the car market, that's not true. Um, I They're mean, just slower getting going because they hit, they hit higher ages before they do every milestone in life. Yeah, because they don't have any money. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. You're the only person I know that's a millennial that owns a house. I resent that, sir. I don't even care. <laughs> Just push through. <laughs> um, that that owns a house. <clears throat> yeah, you know, definitely the only one I know that owns a Ferrari. 
you know, like you're you're really like an outlier with that. Which because is why I identify as a Gen X. And the, it, you also got like super lucky, like coming out of the recession. Like, yep. y- yeah, you totally. I'm glad out. I was in college at the time. Yeah, like there were a lot of people that did not get that lucky. No, had I graduated four years earlier. Yeah. Oof. No, I know a lot of people from Edina that like had you know, a gold spoon in their mouth that are, yeah. Now they're like, yeah, man, I live in uptown. I make $12 an hour as a barista. Cool. What's your parents? Like, what's your parents elevator in their house? Like, have you been there recently? Can I go fart in it? Yeah. like, (laughs) (laughs) I want to see if it echoes, (laughs) but um, anyway, so pushing through all this, another thing that leads millennials towards used cars, not new Mm -hmm. is, have you ever seen like what insurance costs? changes are oh, oh, like uh, yeah. 95 camry versus a 2015 camry yeah. yeah but it's not always what you expect it is a lot of though. the uh, a lot of the newer cars i own are like even like the fiat is like way more to no there, there's than, a there's a happy medium of, well i know yeah. it depends on what you buy but i'm like if i were to buy a model 3 right now the insurance would be just through the roof yeah and that's because tesla will only sell certified body shops replacement parts for them oh my god and the parts are in short supply so like they're really expensive to insure but that's we won't touch on insurance too much just because it's such a rabbit hole but no that that is a thing though it's like insurance is crazy expensive for anything anything that you would ever get excited about insurance is to be through the roof and it's expensive for people as young as millennials yeah and and that's the thing is like that was not a thing at all like for Gen Xers or anybody, we're really the first. Right, because data well, acquisition got so good and they yeah. started identifying risk pools a little bit better. Now it's so pinpointed, they can just gouge you like crazy. Yeah, no, it's like if you, if you forgot to shave that morning, your insurance premium goes up $20. It's just ridiculous. Right. Imagine what my insurance actually, my oh, insurance man. is. Nothing. I also did not shave this morning, but my insurance is substantial. Yeah, no, I, mine's, mine's nothing, but that's also why, like, you know, that, that that's why. You know, I'll just admit I'm a millennial, but it's one of those things where it's where that's why I drive the weird cars I drive. Because yeah. I want something that's fun to drive, but mm-hmm. the insurance difference between a Mazda Speed 3 and a Mazda 5. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. $100 a month. <laughs> so that Mazda 5 will be my fun car. And then I'll have a, a picture of a Toyota Supra on my wall. Because I just it's just insane. I'd rather buy a house. You yeah, know? I, I don't leave most of the... Well, I guess that's not true. I mean, pretty much everything I buy that's modern is rare enough where I can get collector coverage on it. Yeah. But if I couldn't, like, there's no way. Like, even Mr. Wags, that's that's a good example. That car is not quite rare enough in the insurance company's eyes yeah. to get uh, an exemption for collector coverage, even though it's pretty much irreplaceable. So that car, honestly, it doesn't have comp- or, uh, liability on it almost ever because it's so expensive. No. Like it sits in a garage with a reasonable deductible and comprehensive only most of the time. And That's... when I need to drive it, I send him a message because, yeah, even for me, like I make enough money to be comfortable. And I, it's that car, if I left it insured all the time, would be just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. No, it's – and that, that's the thing. It's a, you know, it's a wagon. A base model, low-engine wagon. Yeah. That, that's the thing. I mean, granted, it is a BMW, but that's the thing. It's a fabulous car. But that, that's the thing is, you know, 20 years ago – a BMW insurance, a base model BMW would not have that kind of insurance. No, and, and even today, any 30s, cheap. So, so there, cheap. there you go. That's another reason why when people say, oh, millennials are ruining the car market. No, it's not. We, I hate saying that millennials are victims of circumstance or victims they totally of are. Like the world that they were born into, but they totally are. No, they totally are. You know, the greatest generation, victims of circumstance. Mm-hmm. They happen to work out very well. Yep. But and who knows? Maybe the next 20 years will be very kind to millennial. I just that's don't know. That's true. I mean. As the, they take control of the world, it may. Yeah. No, I'm sure there, there were people, there were Edwardians, like era that generation yeah. that were um bashing the greatest generation saying you're ruining cars love to you're only that. buying the gas car and you're listening to that swing music and having children <laughs> out of wedlock <laughs> you harlot you drink <laughs> at a bar i would have Horrible. loved to have heard that <laughs> if i could go back in time for like 15 minutes i just want to go with like a really angsty like conversation between two generations of ye old. <laughs> Like, I don't really want to do anything else. Say it, man. I'm going to put my, I'm put my hand down here. I'm totally done with this. I'm the book stops this here, sonny boy. The book stops here. I'm going on. I'm taking that news. God damn it. <laughs> You're a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it's almost things. I think, uh, yeah, no, every single generation does this. 
and it's yeah, but they was, all do it in a different way. Yeah, they always they all do it in a different way. Well, this one's just so shocking because the baby boomers are doing it to us almost the exact same, <sighs> almost word for word, the way the Greatest Generation did it to the baby boomers, mm-hmm. which I think is just really hilarious. I guess that's what happens when you know, we develop Alzheimer's. Um, <clears throat> so. Moving on. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah. So, no, moving on. My, my whole point here yeah. is that there, there's all these outlets and shit that are saying, oh, millennials are ruining the car. Millennials aren't in the cars. People, right. you, you damn kids aren't in the car. It's like, no, no, dude, screw you. Like, no, kids aren't in the they're cars. They're into a different thing, but they're still into cars. Yeah, like, kids, there are still millennials that are into cars. Like, yeah. I can find the biggest hipster millennial ever. And go through their phone, and they will have a picture of like a Pike car or like an old like boogie van or something. Tesla Model S in there. Not re- not even really. I mean, like, I'm talking about like most of the hipsters I know. Okay. Like most of the hipsters I know, I've never met one that is not excited about some weird car. And that's just the thing. It's not that people aren't in the cars. Mm-hmm. You just have to show them the right car. And a lot of the people. I mean the. Excuse me. <laughs> where where millennials live these days, where it's most sensible, is close yeah. to their place of employment, which is usually a high density, usually in an affluent area, yeah. where you really can't afford to have a car. And if you do, if they live in be suburbia, something. they're gonna have a car. Well, that's our thing is in those affluent, high end neighborhoods. Yeah. If you're gonna have a car, you're gonna have something that's cheap to insure, and tiny, tiny, and fun to drive. Yeah, five hundred, how to fit. These micro cars that mm-hmm. that they keep cutting out of our market, mm-hmm. that's where their sales are going to be. Because millennials, are, frankly, don't give a shit about uh, crossovers. The only people who are buying crossovers right now are those kind of like elder millennials right. that are like like, gen, I mean, like the, the early or the the absolute latest Gen Xers. Um, those are the people that are buying these crossovers that are in suburbia. I really think that five years from now the auto manufacturers are going to really be shooting themselves. They will have shot themselves in the foot. Especially with fuel prices on the way back. Nobody's going to give a shit about your crossover in five years. There's so many of them. They all suck. Bring back the Mazda 2, things like that. I've never met somebody that doesn't enjoy driving a Mazda 2 on a curvy road. You know, tiny cars are inherently fun because they're inherently light. It's it's one of those things where, again, I want to go back to my thing where, it's not that people aren't in the cars. You just haven't shown them the right one. Right. Because if you take somebody that like is super into like G-bodies and muscle cars and stuff. Tucker. <coughs> yeah. And every car you show them. <laughs> Hi, Tucker. Every car you show them is like a Nissan Pulsar. Mm-hmm. They're not going to even care a little bit. Right. Like if every car that you ever saw was a giant engine lumbering land yacht. You would not care about cars at all, right? This whole podcast and uh, would be crossovers. A, yeah, this this whole co- podcast would be about beer and like the rave scene or something. I'm it cool just, with that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Like, be some totally. This other garage thing. wouldn't be here, and it wouldn't be full of these things. It's it's just one of those things where like you know I, I've met a lot of people. I got this one friend named Josh who's you know the the tip like the most quintessential millennial. He's a struggling. Artist that is it Dvorak? He, no, 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 it's a different one. No, he's not running the car scene that much. There's so many Joshes, anyway. Yeah, it, it there, is. There's so many Joshes that you can simply mention their name and you're like, wait, which one? And You've got to like, be Josh and me. No, it's, <laughs> this is a real description of a person. His name is Josh, he makes custom painted kandamas with his art degree. What's a kandamas? Those a kandama, you know, those little uh, the stick and ball game. Ball in a cup? Yeah, oh, kind of like ball in a cup, yeah. Anymore. Anyway, yeah, let me just give a description of him. So he makes uh, custom like artisan kandamas. He drinks craft beer. He lives Does in Does his... he own a fixie? Yes, because he can't afford a car. He lives in his dad's apartment. Does he have a vape? Yes. He plays a lot of like Magic the Gathering and oh, my like, word. video games and stuff. And is... Yeah, yeah, and that—that's what he is. Like, that's the quintessential millennial. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And that guy did not give a half a shit about a car until I showed him what '70s van culture was. He oh, had never wow. heard yeah. of that at all. That's a bummer. And then when he had seen that, like, it just like something clicked in his head. And he goes, "That's actually really cool. If I could get that, I would be about cars." And the same thing happened to me with Mocha. I showed Mocha um, an STI. And he had never seen Ugh. one because, well, no, because to him, he wants, he's 
his job at the time was he was a delivery driver at Jimmy John's, and now he's a, a, store, a general manager at Jimmy John's. Mm-hmm. But um, an STI to him as a Jimmy John's delivery driver is a perfect car. It was all-wheel drive. It was fairly reliable. It was safe. It was a wagon. It could fit a lot of stuff in it, and it would go anywhere. Like, that to him was a perfect car. It's one of those things where I think with millennials, saying that they're not into cars is just patently false. You they just haven't have time the to right been one. exposed to the right one. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly that. And I think that, you know, with these electric cars, a lot more millennials will be getting into cars. I agree, too. Start getting cheaper. And I honestly think that, like, the electric market, I mean, that if that's the first car they get into, they'll probably then be exposed to car culture yes. and then find other things. That's exactly how it goes. To you know, I mean, like, oh yeah, I bought a Tesla. It's kind of fun. It's fast. Like I, then, like their friend has a gas car. And then they get in that thing one time. Like, wow, this is fun too. Exactly. It's like when you see somebody that's like says, "I don't like music," and then you show them a kind of music that they right, like, right. and they suddenly become a music fan. That's like, just there's so much variety. It's almost impossible to not like some part of it. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I think uh, that that's kind of where I want to get this is when when if you if you are a millennial, yeah, and somebody tells you that millennials aren't into cars, you can tell them to shove it because they're just wrong. You can't I pretty say, much tell you, everyone to you shove can't it. So. Ju- you can't justifiably say millennials as a whole are blank. That's just not true. Yeah, it's pretty baseless. You just have to you have to market it differently, maybe. But it, you can sell it. Right. I mean, you could say genuinely, like, millennials are yeah. slower to get into... Yeah, fair. It's slower. culture. Yeah. It's just like they're too busy. I mean, I guess that's a facet I totally identify with. Yeah. Like, I'm always out there doing something because I have to. Yeah. Like, they're, I'm sure later on in life, like, I'm building up to a point where, like, it'll be easier and I'll be able to relax more. And no, it's just things, one of those things. Yeah. But... Where I, yeah. Like, what I do is I, every day, everything yeah. I'm doing, yeah. like, to have any, to sustain cars being my thing, yeah. I have to monetize every second of everything I'm doing with cars. To be able to remotely afford any of it. I see. And that's one of those things where that's where you, a lot of millennials are willing to do that right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's your, that's the example well, of millennials why are really attached so to quality of life. So, I mean, yeah. they work long hours to make a modest sum in a lot of cases. And yeah, I mean, they don't have a lot of room life. for, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's have a lot the thing. Of room for that hobby. So. I have to, I'm also trying to maintain a quality of life. I don't want to be sitting right. here eating ramen noodles forever. And then have like the world's dopest like 500 horsepower Cressida. I'd rather have like a 200 horsepower Cressida that works kind of <laughs> and have steak. Yeah, exactly, and like drink a beer that isn't made by Budweiser, you know. So <laughs> Anheuser Busch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they make Budweiser. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that 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 was that was basically my thing. Is it's just sure. that, that's just that was utterly false hearing that. I agree. Yeah. Um, I I agree. Yeah. It's. I do know a lot of people, even quite a bit younger than me, that are super into cars, and they've become more into it as I've opened their eyes to certain other facets of car culture. Yeah, exactly. It's like not every car has to be. It's not like this is not like a respect all builds thing or anything, but like not all cars. I don't don't respect all builds. Absolutely not. But it's like not all cars have to be this multi-million dollar show car. Right. You know, you build a car for yourself. I prefer cars that are kind of a sweet spot in the middle. Yeah, no, I want to... Like, like, even driving the Murcielago around versus the 355, it's kind of asinine to make this comparison, but, like... The 355, you're like... way better. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, but... it's usable. You can fit it anywhere. No, that that's a, a very good example. That, that what is, what you're doing, basically, is you're equating that for somebody that makes, you know, six figures. Like, that, right. it's the same issue. It's the and same like, issue that happens. That's, that's definitely a, a car that you can meet your heroes on. The yes. Mer- the Murci, I would just look at it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's there's a yeah. It's it's like driving a you know a Civic versus owning a Civic Type R. You know, right, like right. just a normal Civic versus Civic, like a Civic Type R. It's yep. The Type R, an like EK Type R, you're not gonna drive that anywhere. No, hell no. If you get it, if you if it gets stolen, if you get it to a fender bender, you're ruined. You're worried about it the whole time you're driving it. But if you have like a base model EK with a GSR yeah. swap in it, cool, four grand in, and you're gonna have a blast. Yeah, so just go beat the air living balls out of it and call it good yeah it's just about it's about having the right car for you and mm-hmm. if you think that you like something that's stupid just remember it's great to love your car but if you're too precious about it you need to find something else well the, i think that the more importantly is um it's even that it, i think it's more more importantly is that uh if you are if you have a car that you love and yeah. you're afraid to love it because you think it's not gonna be cool just remember i have a 1986 super gl10 i love it and 
I go out and do podcasts and write for magazines and everybody. I tell everybody about my GL10. If you drive a car and you own it, you get out of it in a parking lot, you, you walk back. away, and you don't look back, you need to sell it. Yeah, you need to get you a better car. You need to car. get rid of that car because it's not doing anything for you. What if it's a free Toyota Sienna? You need to get rid of it and get something yeah, you, get, you like. It's, it's a quality of life thing. Yeah. Where you're going to be putting gas Back into this thing. You're going to be putting gas in this thing. You're going to be insuring it. Get something that you like, not right. something that you like. I go, get, yeah. oh, it gets good gas mileage. Oh, I can, I can fit my dog in it. It's like, you want as good gas mileage as you can fit your dog in? It's fun to drive. A Mazda 2, a Bitsubishi Mirage. Mm-hmm. Volkswagen Up, if you live in your, your up, 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 exclamation mark. Up. Volkswagen Up. There you go. If you're in Africa. Which we are <laughs> right now, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> like I, I do love my Toyota Sienna. Like I'm not gonna be looking at it because it's a second generation Sienna. But like right. I love that thing to death. Like it's as far as a van goes, mm-hmm. it's not that like bad to drive. No, it's fine. It's, but I mean, you don't. No, it's love it's it. Not pretty. Right. It's not. So okay, I don't. I, I still stand by the whole thing. If you don't yeah. look back at it when you walk. Yeah. Away, no. Right? If you don't. Yeah. Like that's the thing is, if I had a. If you, if you have something like a Toyota Sienna, like, and you find, like, some, like, van culture with a K, like, that, that will be... With a K? Oh, yeah. yeah. have you ever heard of that? Van the, culture van with culture, a K. They yeah. They make, like, they take... Like, it's a bunch of, like, dads that their wife made them get a van. Oh, okay. And like, Is okay. that, like, that Black Odyssey? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that's where it came from. With the from. big brake kit and all and that. Yeah, that's I a van. That, that's one of those. genius, because they were, like, forced to get this car, right? Yeah. And yeah. they're like, no, I'm not... I, I'll, I'll do this, but I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, Moto is exactly a perfect example yeah. of My wife wanted a Honda Odyssey, but <laughs> I still wanted a thousand horsepower because I want my kids to be into cars like I am into cars. And I think that that's the most beautiful thing because that's a culture that's been around Japan forever. I know. Like, literally van culture from the 1970s came to Japan and never ended. And I'm so happy it's going back to America. And I've got a photo of that Odyssey. Also, a lot of these people are uh, that are really building these. It's a, actually a lot of millennials too that are like like older millennials, like you know, like our age that like they just got into like like old school Hondas and stuff, and then they had a family. Yes, that one. Well, here, why don't oh, we just? Wow. This is really hard for my. Uh... There. So that. A black Odyssey, but giant yeah, brakes. If you want to see, if, if you're stuck in a free Toyota Sienna like I am, go to Van Culture. I think they're mostly on Instagram. Yeah, they also have a, they they have a website, have, too, uh, and website Facebook and everything. Facebook, but I see the most on Instagram, and you just see these, like, mostly third-gen Siennas, and you go... What is that? And then you're like, oh, my God, that's that's a Sienna. Well, then, then you also learn, like, oh, in Japan. It's, it's like something like, there's, I remember I was watching a guy who was just joined the Van Culture Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And he found, he goes, oh, yeah, I just got this, like, hand-me-down RA1 Odyssey. RA1's a first-generation Odyssey. He goes, I just got a hand-me-down Odyssey from my uh, grandma. And people were like, oh, tell you, dude, get like, a, get, like, a walled body kit on her, a Mugen body kit. And he goes, what? And then they showed it to him. He's, he's like, like Fast and Furious. Like, no, not like Fast and Furious. Like actual Very VIP correct, builds yeah. and stuff. And like they started like posting up all this stuff, and like things started clicking in his head. And so like the dude like ended up. My yeah. van is cool. Yeah, no, he he ended up doing like a, a H twenty two swap. Nice. Um, he lowered it. He put on. Um, I don't think he got. I think he got a knockoff Mugen, but he still like a Mugen style body kit for it, which mm-hmm. uh, actually exists and looks really tight. Can you look up RE one Odyssey Mugen? Uh, so people understand what this body kit I'm talking about looks like. But this guy basically got like an old school Odyssey and made like a really dope build out of it. And it was really cool. Ari one is this one word, yeah. M-U-G-E-N. Yeah. Um, but... This keyboard sucks. Yeah, so like that's an actually cool body kit. Once you go to screen share. I mean, it looks very, very period. But I mean, like when you, when people say, like, "Oh, I got this hand me down Odyssey," there, that's something that will make you look back at your Odyssey. Like you just need to be excited. It's not about having the coolest thing; it's about having something that gets you excited. And if oh, it, that's a different one. Yeah, that's that's a different one, but still, it's like there kinda, we go. Yeah. There's Mugen. Yeah, but it's it's just one of those things where you um. There's like a ladder on the back of this Odyssey. Yeah, that's a weird thing. It's Japan, dude. Who cares? Ah, it's just one of those things. It's to get to your uh, luggage rack on the top. 
It's in stock. There, there are so many different kinds of different subcultures within automotive culture. There is something that you're gonna like. That's right. our end story here. So, oh yeah, absolutely. You just if you if you don't like cars, you haven't dug into it enough yet. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it will uh, van culture. I'll uh, we'll have a link to them on our it's a blurb. Book. Yeah, in the blurb, and uh, I'll also do one on the blog as well. Oh, sliding um, doors. You should get a Peugeot 1007 and put it in van culture. Yes. Dude, yes. <laughs> <laughs> get your Renault Aventime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told Janic I want to try to pursue a uh, shower display exemption on an Aventime. Because I think I could make a case for that thing being significant. You, you absolutely can, yeah. yeah. I looked at the list of the, some of the stuff that's in this country. I'm like, it's just because it's rare. Yeah. I'm like, the Aventime's super rare. I think uh, <laughs> my, my favorite one's the guy that bought two years before... Um, the SVX became 25 years old. Yeah. He got a shower display title for one. Oh my God. He bought three of them from Japan, crash tested two to keep one. And the one he wanted, like had like a really cool store. It's like crazy low miles. It's owned by this little old man who owned a grocery store, like rural, like Okinawa. You don't or have to comply with safety standards anymore though. You just have to uh, comply with emissions. Yeah. But no, no, I think he had, it was before it was 25. So I think he actually, like, the guy went through, like, So you're all... telling me I've got to buy three Avon times and no, crash I, test No, I, I don't know what he did. I'll have to look it up on JNC. Well, I'll, if I can find it, we'll talk about it uh, next episode. Okay. But, yeah, this guy actually like, went through like, everything, like, like, a SVX, like, actually, actually federalized. And it's, like, by the time he was done, it was, like, six months until the SVX is 25. You could just bring it in yeah. Yeah. Like, just, like, the guy did not have a lawyer. It's like Carol <laughs> bringing in the Z1 a year and a half before it was legal to bring <laughs> exactly in. I'm like, that. okay. It's like, what did you, what did you accomplish here? Um, I was first Zs. Yeah, exactly. So that's what he accomplished there. So, um, hey, uh, let's yes. talk about the uh, Tesla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because... okay. Last week, we talked about Tesla getting rid of the rear-wheel drive high-capacity battery and giving us the medium capacity battery at the rear wheel drive and then lowering all the prices. Yeah. So two days after that happened, Tesla put a $1,000 price increase on the <laughs> new cheapest one. <laughs> so they dropped it $4,000 essentially, but also dropped the battery capacity. And then two days later, they silently increased the price of that model $1,000. We're going to drop it $4,000. We're going to raise it 1000 yeah, so that's 25% of the drop, and then also the battery is significantly smaller. So, like, that's a horrible deal. Yeah, you know, there's going to be people that can buy it, though. I know. Still gonna be well, I mean, they're still it. selling them like hotcakes. Do you know how many black Model 3s you're going to see on the side of the road that, like, ran out of battery? It's going to be me, man. <laughs> it's going to be me. No, I, I'm pretty with much the, decided I'm going to buy a first-year Model S. With, with your uh, Class 3 trailer hitch with, a like, a... Like, like industrial, no, an industrial <laughs> generator hooked up to a fast charger. The fast charger plugged in. Yes, it's a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a volt. Don't look into it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I thought that was really funny. I had to like, I had to click on the link and make sure it wasn't like a super old, like a year old link or something like that. No, it was, Tesla. it was a real thing. It, it was a real thing, and it was literally yeah, two days after they dropped the price. So. Yeah, they've dropped it from thirty-three. Th- sorry, increased it from thirty-three thousand two hundred after go, incentive. Those can only go one hundred twenty-five miles an hour. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they're direct drive, so the motors can only spin like sixteen thousand RPM or something. That's dumb. I mean, look at the Fiat. That thing's limited to hundred or not hundred, even eighty-eight. Uh, so like transmissions. I know, I know. I think the all-wheel drive one can do one fifty-five. But still, you know, it's like. This is why I like transmissions, so you don't run to this issue. Yeah, this but is the why... parasitic loss, if you put a transmission on this thing, A, it's going to break, and B, you're gonna, it's way less efficient. Well, no, you just do like something basically a two-speed. Yeah, even the two-speed transmissions, like it's really hard to build one that'll take that kind of torque. Reliably. GM did it in the 1950s. With a torque converter. Yeah. That, that's just that, that's parasitic power loss all day long right there. Okay. But look how much faster it is. That is completely not on the mind of any EVO. You know what's going to happen if they if somebody does that is there's going to be the person going 175 in his Model Three with a power glide, and they have been researching be, two-speed transmissions on these. But he's going to be doing he's going to laugh his way all the way home while the person without the parasitic loss is sitting there at a top speed 125. I feel 125 like they, is fine. I actually kind of like the speed limiter on the Fiat as a daily driver thing because, like, it's it would be so hard for me to be arrested in that car. It really would be. Uh, 
I just feel like there is somebody there. Th- I have to research this. I feel like there was somebody in like 1895 mm-hmm. that was laughing at the person that had transmission in their car. He goes, I don't have any parasitic loss. Look at my three and a half horsepower. Shoom. Yeah. And then there's a guy, <laughs> there's a guy with like one horsepower to the wheel. And a two speed non synchro mesh <laughs> transmission. <laughs> it takes him like twice as long to get the speed, but now his top speed is 45 and spe- instead of 40. Can you imagine doing 45 miles an hour in like an early turn of the century powered vehicle? That oh, does not sound safe. No, I bet it would have been thrilling though. Well, we saw the picture of Camille Jantazi's uh, his streamlined horseless or electric horseless carriage. Yes, we did. It looks like you will fall out if you move. You probably yeah, you would. Probably would. It, I, the, yeah. <laughs> There is a there's a good reason prior to 1955 there was like a 33 percent like fatality rate at every car race. A lot of that was like tempered glass windshields too, like, stuff like yeah, that. severing arteries. Yeah, lots of <laughs> of arterial blood. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, that's that's all I really want to talk about. I'm trying to keep the EV stuff to a. Uh, at least a little bit of reduction this week, because last week it was just you, like it's been motor bad. green. It's been, it's been bad for like a month. It's just been whatever. Non, I like EV top. No, I, I do too. But it's, it's very uh, front and center. It, yeah, but it's like if you took the chains off of me talking about pre-war. Yeah, but I have all the volume knobs, so it's fine. Yeah, that's I mean, like if you just didn't touch those, and I just continuously talked about Duesenbergs and mormon meteors and stuff like that why is this not working there we go um mormon meteors yeah that was actually uh it was a duesenberg land speed record car it, it was made in utah no way <laughs> anyway um so i want to talk about uh, another piece of news okay. that's equally as stupid uh, that's tough but okay i'll uh, in it. canada okay uh there's a conservative politician who's trying to ban right-hand drive vehicles. What? Yeah, Japanese imports have a 15-year law. He's yeah, no, I, like I know. Them outright. Uh, uh, this is the thing. That's dumb. He just got like a massive campaign contribution from the Automotive Dealer Association of Alberta. Of course. Yeah. Greasing the wheels of justice, eh? Yeah, exactly. It's a heck of a project they've got going up there. But, uh, well, you know, the luckily the Canadian government's trying to throw some maple syrup on this to slow us down. Um, and How topical. I know, right? And they are <laughs> um, they're actually looking into this breaking campaign finance law. But, yeah, no, basically, I, th- that might be the grossest kind of politician because this is basically a Republican that wants to take away your car. Yeah, that's going to be a... A hard that's, pass from Yeah, that's everything I don't want. I just want to know what kind of maple syrup is putting is being on Jemima's. Oh, that's oh. not even not maple even, syrup. Even that's just high stuff? fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Well, it's, you see, there were. The it, well, it, it, yeah, it's it's because the other the other side's being paid off by the uh, maple syrup lobby, so which is a real lobby. <laughs> that's a, in that's Canada. a that's a big thing in Canada. But no, uh, in this uh, article that I read on Japanese nostalgic car, written by our previous guest Ben Chu. Uh, he quoted uh, Jalopnik in it uh, that they did a lot of heavy lifting with this. But um, so basically the Motor Dealer Association um, had a bunch of uh, other following issues that they wanted to add. Um, so they wanted to add a carbon tax, uh, provincial carbon tax would be scrapped immediately. They actually want to get rid of that. That's fine. Um other taxes they wanted to um they wanted to roll back a lot of other taxes um they would freeze minimum wages for automotive plant workers um they'd have uh kind of labor codes some labor codes would be uh canceled uh and then uh, they would have consumer protection act changes in Canada rolled back as well uh which would basically not allow people to sue automotive manufacturers in canada uh yeah kind of want to maintain that this is super greasy like this is not cool at all and then yeah requiring government then six the last one is government action banning imported right-hand drive vehicles uh legislation will be pushed through the legislature um wow that is shitty and greasy and gross. That's and a mouthful and really terrible. When people say, "Hey, I want a po- I want a businessman for a politician," thanks, Alberta. No, you do not, because that's what you get. So th- the only th- that's what would happen if America didn't have it. Well, actually, no. This is 
as I say, if America didn't have a strong automotive lobby, but no, this is a gross automotive lobby. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you know what they really should do, though? Um, they should just start fucking importing the cars. Because obviously they're selling to become this big of an issue. Yep. Just buy out, like... I want I want to bring my Aventime into Canada. Like, there's got to be, like, a competitor that's as good as uh, Top Rank in Canada. Mm-hmm. Just fucking buy them out. And then say, here you go. Now we have this fully fledged industry, and now we can roll in Skylines into our Nissan dealership. Wow, that's and get millennials in. Yeah, Holy but crap, it's not going to make Nissan them as much versus. money as their new garbage cars. Actually, no, you don't make any money off cars. Off new cars, it's used car sales where all the money's made. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I mean, there, there must be a reason behind why they're doing that in regards to new car profits. Because people are buying. Why, why would you buy a Nissan? Why are they targeting RHD? Well, this, this one, it's not just that. It's imported cars. So hmm. if you can buy a cool K car like a Nissan PAL, which is essentially the perfect car for millennial, yeah. why would you ever want to buy a Nissan Versa when you could buy a PAL for less money? Oh, because it has more space for all their it's, thrift shopping. It's got, the PAL has got, it's cheaper, it's got, as much space, it's more fun to drive. It has the same engine as the Nissan March that was available in Canada at the time, so you can find all the parts for it. And it's way cheaper and super cute. That's why because the super cute's got yeah. me sold. But that's the thing is nobody's <laughs> going to buy a Nissan Versa where you can buy a PAL for less money, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's the main issue. And to be honest, Canada they do have way more right-hand drive cars on the road than mm-hmm. we do because they have a 15-year rule, mm-hmm. not a 25. And really, 10 years makes a big difference. Because if you think about, like, yeah, 25 year old cars daily well, driving. Well, we can those import. It was a little tough. 1994. Three, 93 this year. It will be 94 next year. Right, but like 94 model year. 93 production. Yes. Okay. That's true. So, yeah, that would be 2003. Yeah. If so, you think Canadians about can import oven times right now. They can import oven times. They can import the R th- every, var- every variant of the R34 so Skyline. I just want to be annexed. You can, yeah, I concur. Um, That'd be great. It would you, solve all the problems. I could have this fabulous garage, and v, I could have an oven V6 Clio they can get. Oh, Series 2 Clio. Yep. That'd be you, cool. You can get that. Um, all the, yeah, you can get the all the first generation of Twingo. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get... Merci, Twingo. <laughs> you can get... You can get, like, all the cool cars. You can get the... Um, oh, the uh, Smart Roadster. Yep. With the Hugh Grant transmission? Every, sing- every single car was featured on the first season top tier. Yeah. You can now get in Canada. <laughs> Before think, they had James May where they sold that fat the man. The beautiful thing is um, the Avon Times' first feature on Top Gear was before Top Gear got its new... That's really funny, actually. Richard Hammond had like a motor world thing in 2001. It was before the re- reboot of uh, Top Gear. Yep. Incredible. <laughs> so that just tells you how long 25 years is. Yeah, like that's... I mean, that's most of my life, so... Yeah, no, it's... Uh, hmm. mo- most kids in college are not 25. These that, that's true. Come yeah. to think of it. I suppose you graduate, what, when you're 18, so... Yeah, you're you're leaving college usually. If everything goes perfectly, you're leaving college at 25. Oh, that never man. really happens, because most of the people I know are leaving college are like 28. I left college no, at 23. You're, you're supposed to be able to leave college by, like, 21, Supposed to. 21 if you're smart, 23 if you're normal. Yeah. Yeah, 25 if you're like a millennial and normally money, and then like 28 for like most humans. So. I want to talk about another car that millennials might want to buy due to its tremendous safety features. I saw one of these the other day. Was it a press car? Must have been. I saw one driving down Lowry. They are pretty. So Volvo just released their 2019 S60. And no manual option, so I don't really care. But it oh. is gorgeous. I mean, I'm going to try to blow this up on the feed. Th- so this is one of those cars it. where, in all honesty, I think I'm okay with it being a two-liter four-cylinder with automatic transmission because it, it is really beautiful. The Swedish beautiful. corporate uh, engines are actually pretty okay, it seems like. I'm just going to scroll through slowly because the, the encoding is not liking this at all. And the back end's kind of modern Volvo, whatever, kind of boring. But the front end, man. That front quarter view is just really nice. That car takes everything that uh, a current body style Jetta is and does it correctly. And they updated like their corporate badge a little bit too, which is super cutesy. They like they flattened it and domed it, and they like made the the point of the male symbol like a little bit smaller. 
Oh, cool. Or whatever. It's they knocked it out of the park. Volvo's making some really attractive cars. I mean, I I even saw an XC90 today. I'm like, that's not bad looking. My parents are going to. Jana, we can't hear you. Yeah, yeah. You should put on your headphones so you can Um, hear. A lot of parents are going at my school are going to Volvo rather than Subaru right now. Yeah. I love seeing them pull in. Like yeah. they look really similar. They but have at the a same presence time, for they're... sure. Yeah. yeah, they're much more monolithic. I think Subarus are. Uh, these just seem more substantial. Yeah. Know. Well, th- this is the thing. Well, they're they're both very substantial. But I think the thing is, is you, the Subaru and Volvo buyers are the same person. It's just the Volvo pro- buyers, the Subaru buyer. That makes another thirty thousand dollars per year, and probably works in uh, geology or drafting or yeah, like something said, really well, pretentious. I have to say, all the archaeologists I know have Subarus. Yeah, that so makes sense. Archaeolog- yeah. Well, yeah. Do any of them drive Honda Elements? Um, no. Oh, yeah, it's kind of surprising. A Subaru yeah. ma- makes Not a much better all wheel drive. But I wouldn't be surprised. Oh yeah, the, the all wheel. Sorry, the real time four wheel drive and Element is not. The it's same thing no. as Subaru. No, Su- Subaru what do you mean is with winter tires? Like we've only kicked it in while trying to do donuts on the lake. Like you never really need four wheel drive with that thing. No, no, it's it's but very anyway, well designed. Um, yeah, this thing apparently is built in the United States. Oh. It's their first U.S. built chassis. So it's a Chinese car made in America. Yep. Sold under <clears throat> a Swedish name. Hello, industrious little fellows. <laughs> and. Donald Trump and is ha- having an aneurysm. He does not know what to do right now. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure by the end of the life cycle of this car, they will all be electrified because I remember we were talking about yeah. Volvo planning in the next five years to have every one of their vehicles be at least a PHEV or a battery electric vehicle. But yeah, the interior is not quite as nice as the outside. I mean, I'm sure the seats are immensely comfortable because it's a Volvo. And it's cool that they're making them here. <clears throat> Oh look! Oh look in the look at the reviews. V sixty, the wagon <sighs> one. Why am I going to Tiffany, engagement, whatever the fuck? Oh look at that wagon! Cars. No, I didn't. I clicked Control R. Let me turn down Ryan's microphone while I talk about this V sixty. This is like the sedan version. Sorry, I'm ha- I'm having horrible technical issues. There you can see the badge a little bit better. It's pretty good. I think, yeah, that's, I like the really wide, kind of low roof line. I think that's a very attractive car. So good on you, Volvo. I don't think the wagon's made in the United States, but I know the sedan is. My, so. my computer is now a little pink brick. Yeah, we can see that on the on the stream there. I'll pull up the uh, notes for you on the screen. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And you Ryan, buy a laptop? next article is it you. It was. Yes, it is Welcome, me. sound engineer, Corey. <laughs> yeah, Corey finally got here. Yeah, Hopefully you found a cold one of those. Most of them are not cold. Actually, funny enough, that's exactly what I'm gonna do right now. Is I'm gonna be. Uh, I want to talk about the Porsche nice 924. Class. Let's do it. Because we're talking about the Volvo and how the Volvo looks very. Talking about good. the Volvo, not the Volvo. We're talking about the Volvo. Oh, yeah, the Volvo and how the Volvo looks really good. Ah. Um. And the thing with the Volvo is the Volvo takes a lot of stuff that just sounds normal, like they do a three box sedan and they make it mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah. The 924, however, is literally a list of everything that i like done in the worst way possible but do you not like it because of that I, you know i it, it bothers me that's the thing about the car i still keep i, I can't say i, I actively dislike it every it time just i drive my me. boss's 924 i think about asking him if i can just have it and put a tdi engine in it because <laughs> like it's just like have this mint and like he's he hasn't driven it in more than 10 years well yeah i mean well the thing is is like all right, so if you think of everything that I like in a car, I like straight lines, mm-hmm. I like symmetry. We know. Yeah, I like wedge shapes. <laughs> I like, want it to kill I you. like bubble rear glass. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I like the big taillights on it. You know, I, it does everything it, I like on it. And But the thing is, is that none of it flows together. What about doilies? Yes. Doesn't oh, have any doilies. It should have some, probably. No, Hep has doilies on his uh, skyline. Of course he does. <laughs> but um no it, it's what the 924 reminds me of it reminds me of like a german version of a fiero or like oh a yeah Lotus it's Elite, a part spin car for sure where it's like it's like everything that's a fiero it's, 2m4 yeah not like an 88 gt no yeah, yeah yeah or like do you do you know what a lotus elite is yeah of course yeah though the hatchback We've they made in the 70s the yeah that yeah. that it, it reminds me of that it's everything i should like in like the least attractive way possible and i it bothers me because I want to like you can the nine twenty four. Nine twenty four, good, but it takes a lot. Yeah, you can. It basically would have to be the Carrera Turbo. 
those are actually very, very good looking. They're vehicles. very rare. Yeah, well, I'd even take a nine two four S potentially, but I, I, I guess, yeah. I mean, you, you, not a stock one. You're gonna have to put wheels on it. You have to lower. You have to tint it. You have to put the nine forty four spoiler on it. I don't think I'd put this. I would probably leave it without the spoiler. I'd have to lower it for sure, and wider wheels. Yeah, I think that would yeah. help. Uh, no, because I was just I was, I was looking at my boss's nine twenty four, uh, which he. Um, we were restoring it and then he went like gung ho on like mm-hmm. the body restoration. Now it's flawless. And mm-hmm. like now we're into body work for more than the car as a whole is worth alone. <laughs> so oh my, and I'm like, but no, no, I just said paint the door, not the whole <laughs> car. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you had a white door. I told you if you paint this white door black and you blend it all together, it'll sell for more. And now we, now we have a perfect, the best looking 924 you've ever seen in your life. Great. <laughs> so I don't know, man. My boss's car is gorgeous. Well, I mean, that's that's. I mean, like when you look at it, you go, "This is a very nice 924." Right, and but like, you're also like, nobody cares at but all. It's it's one of those things. It's like great. We now have the best 924 in the is world. Is it a two liter? Uh, it's a two seven or whatever. They're the that's a four ones. cylinder or five cylinder. Four so four cylinder. That's a, probably a two zero. No, it's what a, year is it? Seventy seven. Definitely a two zero. Is it, no, it's bigger. No, that. I thought there were two fives, but they're two zeros. It has. We have to look it up. Uh, my boss is the 78, which is the same engine as that. It's a non-interference Audi 2-liter. It's not interference. I'm a lot more of a fan of it. It's a non-interference engine, but it's it also cool. makes no power. Because it has CIS. don't care. I literally don't care it doesn't make power. Well, the thing is, I, when have I ever cared about a car not making power? Like, every car I love is slow. Like, That's true. I prefer cars for the aesthetic and for, like, the handling. Like, cause, I don't know. I, I get up to speed and I just kind of stay there. That's fair. So um, I'm gonna actually uh, try to find the bring a trailer link to my boss's car. But yeah, so it's just <laughs> one of those cars where it's like it, it's so close to being a good car, and it's just like just barely missed the missed like the mark. And mm-hmm. that is why the nine four four is worth so much more money. And honestly, you can buy one for the same money as a nice nine two four, so it really makes no sense. Yeah, that's the thing is like it, the nine two four. The best 924 in the world has to be as much as the worst 944. Not quite how that works, but I mean, I, I get well, what you're I saying. I mean, that, that's the thing. I just generally for for the market, like the the best 924 that you can get has to be close to that. Looks really good. So that's and my, yeah, that, that's my boss's 924. But it's got the turbo hood and, and the, front it, vent, and it's got the 944 rear spoiler, and it's got period correct ATS bone dials on it. Yeah, that looks really good. Yeah, that's exactly how a nine two four should look. I mean, it sold for seventy five hundred bucks, but the guy was a deadbeat. So yeah, it didn't that car. That car is very, very nice. It's it's absolutely pristine. And yeah, two liter four cylinder, non interference, four speed transaxle. We we might actually have a five. I'm not talking under the hood. If you have again. a five speed, it's probably an eighty or eighty one. It's this one's kind of a bastard. I think so. Okay. Because when I was when we were doing like the rest- look at that CIS when we were doing the when we were doing the restoration on it, like finding every single part, I had to go off like the part number because mm-hmm. nothing matched up. Ooh, it was really weird. That's not good. Like trying to find the alternator uh, bushing. That oh yeah yeah. Oh, just order an alternator. No 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 no. This is on the bracket which you cannot find. You have to get this bushing. Great. It took me a month and a half to find it. I eventually found out if I got like basically a radio telescope and i shine it I, I point it at the bushing there is a part number stamped on it where did you find a radio telescope i in didn't your really shop? okay <laughs> no it was a really really powerful um, mint it is yes no i I, <laughs> I did i did get i did get some very very sharp um like it's not really binoculars but like kind of like a, yeah essentially magnifying glass but um no, on the inside of the bushing. So, like, the bushing is, like, kind of like an eye shape. It's, like, round, and it has, like, a lip and the inner bit and the narrow lip. Mm-hmm. On the inside edge of it, or, sorry, on, like, on like the outside where it, the indentation is, yeah. on the inside lip, if you shine the light just right and you zoom in enough, you'll see a part number written down. Great. Yeah. And hopefully you're able to read it. Yes. 
I had to kind of ad lib out like three <laughs> characters on it of like fine. a ten character that still part counts, number, but I eventually sorted dice. out. Yeah, it, it took me. That's why it took me so long. It's horrible <laughs> checking every variant of the unsure numbers. But yeah. So anyway, the the nine twenty four. It's. It, I just wanted to state that that car is. I was looking at it and it's like the front end. I really I want to like, and it's I just ugh, it's so close to perfection. It's like a first generation RX seven. It's so close to to perfection, but then the FC exists i don't really like the first gen arc that's seven. that's what i mean is it it's really close to being a good looking car i've seen them good looking like you put a yeah. spoiler on the back and yeah. lower it and it's an amazing for sure car. in stock form the 924 is just kind of like, uh, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like but then when they did the fc the fc rx7 was like the 944 yep where it was just such a quantum leap in quality that why do you even care Unless you get brakes, better engine, better exterior, better interior. The, the only exception would be like the very, very early 7879 uh, SA22 uh, RX7. That, that, that's the one where it's okay. It's got the 70s rear end, so it all works, but oh my god, the rest of them don't. Anyway, talk to me about him. Welcome to your obscure motor cult vintage JDM reference of the day. <laughs> I know, right? I'm going to just replace my uh, pre-war bell with a, that. That might as well be pre-war. So remember, two weeks ago, we talked about the new uh, G80 3 Series finally ditching the manual transmission. Yes. Uh, well, they officially announced that the M3 will not be ditching the manual transmission, yeah. at least not in this vintage. You know, I feel like the whole allure of the, the 3 Series Kind of for me at least ended when they switched from a E to an F prefix. Yeah, and now they're in G. Like, what, is it gonna be H? It's gonna be an H eighty next. Oh, it's I, it, it's like it's just tough to figure out. Like with the Civic, the Civic E F E G E K E A E J. I mean that e. doesn't that doesn't make any sense to an outsider either. All, all the all the older Civics, those that I'm just named off like basically every desirable Civic. Right. Okay. And then, kind of, when you went from like, when you went to like the FDs and FCs and stuff, like, mm-hmm. which is not only RX seven but also a Honda Civic model uh, designation prefix, which is annoying, and that's I, I partially why I'm not as fond of those cars. A lot, with the exception of like a very small handful, like they really got not attractive. Like the Mugen SI, like Kimmy's car, like that one's cool, but like. Basically, every other Civic made after about 2001, with the exception of the Mugen SIs, weren't that great. I That is such a tangent. I'm not even sure how we got there. I was talking about, like, I was just talking about how, how like, when they just changed the name or when they changed the model prefix. Oh, so we were talking about yeah. the chassis codes. Yeah, okay. I think that's right. that saying, like, the, the Gs and stuff okay. and the Fs or whatever they're at. I just. I can't care about it. Let's as ignore much. the okay. The <laughs> new upcoming M3 that's yeah. going to replace the one that's currently on sale will not only not force you into the MX drive. You can buy it as a rear wheel drive straight up, which is awesome. Oh, that's actually cool. All right, and manual's still available, and I bet it's going to be a pretty high take rate. You know what that is? That's uh, that's enthusiasts s- beating the crap out of a giant car conglomerate. That, that is the tenth generation Civic Type R of BMW. When the, is that enth- the modern Civic Type yeah. R? Yeah, where okay. the enthusiast finally won it, and, and then the the conglomerate comes back and goes, "Okay, yeah, you can have it. Look at that exterior." Ah! We'll see. I don't. <laughs> there's no photos of this yet. I'm sure there's renderings, but I'm actually gonna click on this link. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how it look because it may debut in the 2019 Frankfurt Show. Great. Oh, so they're not gonna have any pictures of it or anything. Whoa! Oh, well, there's some spy shots. Uh. Scroll down. I want to take a look at it. It's kind of that rear end looks like a B five Audi. That's a lot of camo. Yeah, it's really hard to figure out what's going on there. Look at that muffler. What the heck? It's got like a diffuser built into weird. the can. Yeah, I, mean, I think we have to wait till Frankfurt yeah, 2019. Think... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll bring you actual photos of this car when we can find them. Yeah, the so meantime, once we know. That I... is, just ignore that, basically. Yep. But it's coming with a manual, so BMW finally didn't shit the bed on something. That's good. That's that's all I got. I mean, I do, wanted do to you, end on a remember, positive do, note. Do you but... remember when we were in high school and I was all like, in, like hot and to trot for Hondas and Hondas just sucking so hard for like 10 years? Sure do. Yeah, now you know how I feel. 
I your got, favorite car I, I brand. I already abandoned BMW. Your, I just fa- your favorite car brand just just ruins everything. I still don't. I don't have a favorite car brand right now. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Toyota. I really like Toyotas, I think. If they bring the Supra thing, maybe. Uh, if there's a manual. Otherwise, well, uh, no. I just think like, like the car brand that I just more consistently get excited about than other car brands. So, mm-hmm. like, I think Toyota's got to be up there. I mean, they're the best. I don't know if they're the most exciting. Well, once it get me excited, because I just know that they've like so many parts been engineered, fun chassis. <laughs> I mean, I do like the new Corolla hatch. Yeah, that's that very cool. I'm I'm actually more excited for the new Corolla hatch I am for the Supra. Kind of same with the M3. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like this is just it's cooler because it's a but, mass market car. They're actually going to sell some of. Yeah, like this is going to be a manual hot hatch. I think that should be a positive note. You know what? Thank you, Toyota. So many shitty for cars in the world. Sense to the world. The Corolla is the coolest car you can get right now. Corolla hatch. Six it's speed. a Corolla hatch six speed. <laughs> Go buy that. It's not even turbo and it's fun. It's great. It's perfect. You should buy one. Why are you not in it right now? Pretty much cheap to insure, cheap to run, cheap to get it's parts. It's a car for, for millennials. Fun. That's what millennials Boom. want. That's the bombshell That's, right that there. That is the bombshell. <laughs> the, the 2019 Corolla, Corolla hatch is the hatch millennial car. Is the yes. millennial car. Well, we will catch you on Halloween. So thank you for listening. Actually, I will be out of town in Texas. As of like 10 minutes from now when we we record the next episode? No, I mean on the 31st. Well, yeah, but who? why are you... Now they know our secrets, that's Why are you going to be in Texas? Because I'm picking up my M5. Oh, okay. I'm going to be in Georgia next weekend. Oh, yeah, I should should mention that. Um, Next weekend, I will be in Georgia. So you're either going to have to sign your own or we're going to have to postpone it. Uh, um, well, I will also be out of town, so... Perfect. So, uh, well, this will be the first week of November. Yeah, I'm gone okay, from okay. the 31st of October through the 4th of November. Perfect, so I get back on the 4th as well. Okay. Uh, you're going to be in Texas. I'm going to be in Alabama. Yep. Yeah, so you're going to be south of the Mason-Dixon They're both line. terrible states. Yes, yeah, so what are you... You're going down to pick up, up my a car. i and then I'm going to a vintage race. My, my, my granny's... Uh, she died. That's a better reason to go somewhere, I, I guess. It's, it's fine. <laughs> um... Jesus. But she was an ass in Alabama, so I will be. <laughs> oh man, maybe I can get lucky and like we're catching a NASCAR race or something. Maybe. I'm going to a vintage we'll race with a lot of the Monterey Mouse, people. So. Dakota. Way, yeah, uh, my uncle Mouse is gonna be there, so that's gonna be fun. That sounds pretty lit. Yeah, every time he's always lit. How are your yeehaws? Yeehaw! I, I don't think I when I grew up. I, I grew up a. <laughs> Small portion. I instantly have regret the thing that I just did. When I was a kid, I, spent, my, I spent most of my summers in Alabama, so I'm just kind of a similar to Southern accent when I get down there. It just Hell happens. yeah! I, I don't try to do it, uh, but I'm every time I go somewhere, I just end up talking like the locals. You gotta slow yeah, down Jan- your be a little bit. Jan's to be the laughing stack. You're gonna you're gonna talk like you're from Fargo. Yeah, oh. that's just how she normally talks. That's All right, what's really, in the episode? Okay, Thank you. Bye. Bye.